morning. Sorry if I was a little much as I just hopped up here. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for that. <sighs> I'm excited about today because um, I believe that God's going to do some significant things in your life. The presence of God. This is a series that we started uh, two weeks ago. And today, this morning, I will be speaking on God being present to heal. He is present to heal. God is present to heal. I have experienced more encounters with the Lord in the area of healing than potentially anything else. I have seen healing miracles. I have seen progressive healings. I've seen emotional healings. I've seen bones healed. I've seen um, headaches just disappear. I've seen COVID just like completely just taken care of, just like done, just handled. I've seen cancer obliviated. I've seen backs realigned. I've seen legs grown out when one was too short, was too short and it was causing walking issues. I've seen casts removed and the bone just completely fine in the moment. I've seen blind eyes open, literally, I've seen that. And I have seen the dead raised. I've also seen sickness continue. I've seen people die. I've seen people struggle, I've seen deterioration. I've seen car accidents that are just tragic. I've seen babies stillborn. I've seen long life illnesses. But God is present to heal. Divine healing is the supernatural power of God touching an infirmity and making a person's body whole again. It can take place instantly, which would be like a miracle, a healing miracle, or it can take place over a, a period of time. Divine healing is a right for believers. Okay, it is, the Bible talks about it as the bread is the, is the healing is the bread of the children. Okay, so basically... I mean, bread is like basic and it's available. So healing is just, it's yours. It's available. Divine healing is also a privilege of, of believers. And it is a gift to unbelievers. You do not have to be a Christian to be healed. But as a Christian, as a believer, it is your access. It is your right. It is yours. It is your bread. It is God's will for you to live a healed whole life all the time. Okay. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Beloved speaks of our relationship with him, our security in him. And in every way that you may keep well in every way, financially, emotionally, relationally, and in health. When Jesus literally walked the earth, it is said that his ministry was about 80% healing. 
Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Matthew 8, 16 says, when evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons and they drove out spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick. Isaiah 53, verse four and five says, but he was wounded, which is outward for our transgressions, which is our outward sin. And he was bruised, which is an inward pain for our guilt and iniquities, which is our inward sin. And the chastisement of our peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. The chastisement of our peace, that punishment chastisement, that punishment, which was coming in opposition to the peace that we'd experience, came upon him, or he took it upon himself and bore it in order that we might have access to peace once again. We are healed and made whole because the cross sets us free from sickness and sin. It's both. It's both. When Jesus spoke, he spoke on the cross. He said, it is finished. In that moment, he declared freedom from sin, from your mistakes, from your past. And he declared freedom from sickness and death. This means it's done. This means that the healing that you are yet to experience here in this moment on this earth is already been done and been made available. This is why it's basic like bread and available all the time. Romans 8, verse 9. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life now on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead, moves in your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bring you to alive, to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered from that dead life. With the spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, then it will give you life to your mortal bodies. That same spirit, that same spirit that literally raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I don't know if we're getting it. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he was dead, he was in a tomb, he was, he was gone, it was over, literally lives in you. Now, if it's in you, it should be affecting you. If it's in me, it should be affecting me. So I need to access it and release it to flow through my body and do what it does, the resurrection life. See, God wants me to be healed more than I want me to be healed. This is a tough truth, but it's a hard yes. <laughs> See, no creator would create something and just hope that it would operate on half power. 
or reach half potential. No good father is content with leaving their son or daughter being okay just some of the time. It's kind of like, well, you know, they struggle a lot, but it's fine because some days for a couple hours they're good. No one says that. James 5 verse 13 says, if anyone among you suffering, he should pray. Is anyone glad at heart? He should sing. Is anyone among you sick? He should call the elders of the church to come and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person whole again. He will be restored. See, God is present to heal. We're going to hit four true stories today to show this. The ear, the leper, the dead, and the pool. The ear, number one. God is present to heal when it doesn't make sense. God will heal when we don't understand. Luke chapter 22, verse 49. It says, when the other disciples saw was what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought swords. And then one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. And Jesus says, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. In the Amplified Bible, it says, he touched the man's little insignificant ear. <laughs> Jesus was impending doom. He was on his way to experience the worst death that could be experienced, death on the cross. The people that he's meeting right here in this moment, they are the people responsible for what is about to happen to him, his death. His people, the disciples, they had his back. They were ready to fight. They brought swords. Keep in mind, these are fishermen. It probably wasn't that common for them to carry around swords. They brought them this day because Jesus said, hey, I think you're going to maybe need something different than, you know, the nets. So, Another thing, so maybe bring some swords. So they brought them this day. They knew that these things were going to go down a little bit differently than what had been happening in the past. And, and they didn't just have them for show. They were ready to use their swords. They were like, we are going to do this. We, we are going to show this gathering of wicked leaders and these sinful people, you know, what we're made of. We're not going down without a fight. You know, we're, we're believers. We're Christians. You know, we're followers of Jesus. And this is, this is kind of what they were going in with. And, 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 and you guys here, you're about to make this big mistake, you know, and, and we're not going to stand for it. We brought swords. On this day when nothing made sense. The disciples were present to fight, but Jesus was present to heal. Huh. See, I don't know. Did this man deserve his ear back? I don't know. He was kind of with the wrong crowd. Jesus was completely innocent, yet about to be slaughtered. Did this man really deserve his ear back? Jesus, maybe he took the ear, maybe he... Maybe it was a creative miracle where he just 
the ear just reformed as he touched his head. I'm not sure if he did have to find the ear. It might have taken a minute. I don't know, like, where it would have went. Like, it was probably, like, he's probably, like, looking for the ear or something. And he puts it back on the servant's head or he creates one. And this man's ear in that moment is healed and made whole. Didn't make sense. They had swords to fight. Jesus had told them, just like the chapter before, just switch out your mantle, sell it if you have to, to get a sword. Because a new season requires new weapons, right? But then when they used it, it was complicated. It didn't make sense, but Jesus was a person to heal. Number two, the leper, or in this case, lepers. God is present to heal when it's shameful. Here's the scene. Jesus and his disciples are walking to Jerusalem. They are coming up on the border between Samaria and Galilee. And they get there, and as they're walking into the village, 10 lepers are there. Just there. Just like, boom, right there. I mean, they're at a distance, but they're there. Today, for all intents and purposes, let's, um, let's picture the year 2020. COVID is crazy. Fear is prevalent. We're, th- just bear with me, this is 2020, okay? We're all unvaccinated, and no one in this room yet has gotten the Rona, okay? Picture that. I know that's not true, but for now, but like picture 2020. 10 people walk in. We're all here. They're all tested positive. They're standing here. I mean, they're at a distance, but they're here. And one of them begins to call out to all of us non-COVID people, help, church person. (laughs) I don't know what they would call us. And they begin to call out, help, and he doesn't have a mask on. Help us, we're sick, we need help. And then some of the others, when, they, when we realize, well, they all have COVID, some of the others start to feel ashamed and because they feel like a germ. And you guys remember what it was like back then and they're hiding and they're shameful and I can't believe I was one of the ones that was so careless to get COVID. That's how everyone felt back then. And they're lonely and they're afraid. They're not, they know they're not even supposed to be in the room because they're supposed to be in isolation because it's not allowed. It's like illegal to be here. And they don't have a mask on, but they need our help because they need to be healed and they need something and they need friendship and they don't know what to do and they're scared and they're alone and they don't know what's going to happen. And they even feel bad being in here because it's awkward and uncomfortable and it's, we're separated. See, this was what was happening here, except for it was leprosy, not COVID. <laughs> but this, it was contagious. And, and, and if, you, if you had leprosy, you had to be sent away. Those infected were sent away. The Old Testament law actually outlines it in Leviticus 13 to what was supposed to happen if, if it was a leper that walked in. And it says a person with leprosy was to tear their clothes so that they looked ragged. And then they were to to cover the bottom part of their face and they were to cry out, unclean, unclean. So whenever they walked anywhere 
into a room. If a leper came in through those doors right now, they'd have to walk like this with their face down, unclean, unclean. And then that would tell us we should get out of the room. We need to leave. And if we decided we didn't want to, then they could not come in here. They had to go somewhere else. Jesus sees these 10 lepers as he walks into the village. And he hears them. And he stops. And he says, go at once. Show yourself to the priests. And as they went, the Bible says, they were cured. When we need healing and we're ashamed, Jesus is present to heal. It doesn't matter what gets us to the point of needing that healing. It doesn't matter how, how we were injured or, or got that addiction or, or whatever that pain is. It doesn't matter if it's self-inflicted or if it has a stigma attached to it. Or it's just so personal that it feels awkward. Jesus is present to heal. Jesus is present to heal. One of my earliest memories of a miracle was when I was probably about five or six, and it was during a Sunday service. I grew up in a pastor's home, and my dad always preached fire. He was just crazy. You know, he just, I, I, I have memories of him like in the middle of a sermon, leaving the stage and like running around the worship center, just running. I have one memory where he literally ran down the stage, jumped up on the back of the chair and was like on his tippy toes. Like, I don't even know if it was naturally possible. <laughs> it must've been under the anointing. I don't know, but he was just there and he kept preaching, <laughs> he didn't stop. And then he like jumped back and came up. He was just fire all the time. Well, one of my, my first memories of a miracle, we were in a church service and he was preaching and in the middle of his preaching, a lady just, just keeled over, fell on the floor, just like that, this older lady. And um, instantly, um, kids begin to cry. Kids a little bit older than me. I think they probably have more of a concept of what happened. I was lost. I didn't know what was going on. The next thing I know, um, some of the men went and they grabbed this lady and they picked her up and there was like, nothing happening and then they like really quickly walked her uh to a side room my dad was like come over here and put her in a side room and then they um like almost closed the door all the way but there was like a little crack I was super curious but by now a lot of people are crying it's getting louder it's like sobbing and in the room I hear prayer so I remember just like kind of like tiptoeing over to trying to sneak, like trying to be sensitive to my environment. But also I was so curious. I wonder what's going on here. And I look in and on the table, I see this, this lady and there's just nothing. And then I see my dad and uh, these elders, these men around this lady, and they just laid hands on her and they're just praying. <laughs> they're just praying. They're just praying like life back into her. They are just going for it. Just, I mean, it's just wild. And I'm just looking through a little crack in the door. Well, the next thing I know, she sits up. 
she sits up and uh and then the, an ambulance shows up and things are all happening kind of quickly and they take her out after examining her they verified that she had died they ve medically verified that she had died but was alive and well come on God is present to heal, number three, when it's too late, the dead. God is present to heal when it's too late. When I feel like it's too far gone, when I feel like, it, I don't know if this could happen now, you know, because sometimes it just feels that way. It feels like it's beyond the point of being available for healing. The situation is too far gone. Jesus went through this with his best friend. There was Mary, there was Martha, and there was Lazarus, and they were siblings. And they were good friends of Jesus. Jesus is out, he's doing some things with his people, and he gets this message that he needs to come, that Lazarus isn't doing so well, and it looks like he's going to die. Jesus gets the message, and he, you know, he, I don't know if it was like written on a scroll or a tablet or if it was like a verbal message I'm not sure but he's just kind of like no it's not gonna go down like that um no Lazarus will he'll live to tell the goodness of God and that was kind of like his reaction so he, he hangs out two more days where he is and then after two days he says to his disciples he's like hey guys we got to do this road trip we have to go I kind of have to go wake up Lazarus and his disciples are like oh, well, wait, if this isn't a big deal, like if he's just feeling under the weather and he's just like sleeping it off, like do we really have to go? Because it's kind of like a long walk, you know? And um, Jesus is like, okay, guys, just to clarify, by sleeping, I mean dead. And um, by wake up, I mean resurrect. And they're like, oh. So then they start on this journey and it takes a little bit. By the time they get there, it's four days dead, okay? Four days dead. The smell's probably not that great at this point. Um, I mean, it already, dead is dead. So it already seems a little late. But like four days of decay, that's like a whole other animal, literally. Anyway, um, Martha hears the commotion, okay? She hears like the gravel up the walkway and she's like, oh, I wonder if it's Jesus. So she jumps up and she runs out to see who it is. Mary, she's sitting down. She's like, I'm just gonna stay here. I feel like, what's the point? So I'm just gonna sit here. So Martha runs out to greet Jesus and she's like, she's like the woman of faith and power for the hour. She's just like, hype, Jesus made it here. Jesus, you're here, this is awesome. I mean, if you were here before, Lazarus wouldn't have died, but you're here now. And I know whatever you're gonna say, it'll work anyway because it's never too late with you. And she is just like, hype, God will do it. I just know he will. And Jesus looks her in their eye and he says, your brother will rise. Well, this is huge. However, Martha needs a little bit of clarification. She's like, rise like in the resurrection, like in the last days. Or, and he's like, no, 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 no. Remember, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. 
and the kingdom of God is here right now. And she's like, yes, this is awesome. I'm not 100% sure what you mean, but I feel like this is getting really good. So I'm going to go tell Mary. So she runs in to tell Mary. She's, Mary's still she's just sitting there. She's like, what's the point? You know, and, 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 and Mary, Martha gets down and she's like, Mary, Jesus is here and he's asking for you. Jesus is here and he's asking for me. So she jumps up and she's like, well, that's a whole other story. So she runs out and she's like not quite the woman of power for the hour, but she's still getting a little more excited than what she was. And she's like, Jesus, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. You, you, we needed you and you were here. We needed you. And then she begins to cry. I mean, she is just like a hot mess. She's just like sobbing. It's like the floodgates just like burst open. Jesus, I mean, he knew what was going to happen. But yet still, he's feeling it with her. This is his friends. And he begins to cry too. So they're just in a crying huddle. And then they pull themselves together a little bit. And he said, come on, let's go. And they go to the tomb. And they stand there. And as they stand there looking at the tomb, the sisters, they don't quite know what's going to happen. The disciples, they're there too. I mean, they know what Jesus told them. So I feel like there's a little bit of anticipation on their part. And then Jesus, as he stands there, he calls out, Lazarus! Get out here. And out he walks. <laughs> Jesus is present to heal even when it's too late. The last story. The pool. God is present to heal when my hope is deferred. The last story I want to share is the man at the pool of Bethesda. Okay, and this is taken from John chapter 5. And there was a pool, and that pool still exists today if you were to go there. The name of the pool, Bethesda, means house of God's loving kindness. There was a collection of people, lame people, who would gather around this pool. Not lame like, oh, they're so lame, like not cool. But lame like they couldn't walk. And um, some of them couldn't speak and had like lifelong illnesses, things like that. And these people surround the pool day after day every day. Why? Because it was believed that at a random moment in time, an angel would come to the pool and stir the waters. And when the waters stirred, there was like a healing presence that would take place. And if you ran into the pool, you would be healed. It was also believed that the first person, some people thought this, was the person who would get healed. So as you can imagine, the race was on. <laughs> when that angel came and no one knew when it was going to come, I mean, it, there were people pushing people over. There were friends that would scoop people up and run out. There were people crawling, diving. I mean, it was crazy to get into the pool because they're desperate for the healing touch. Just picture Walmart, Black Friday, the Blu-ray section seven years ago. <laughs> people got trampled. Many of these people waited years at this pool. John 5, verse 5. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he'd been there, he said, do you want to get well? The sick man said, sir, when the water stirred, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, someone's already in. Jesus says, get up, take your bed, start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bed and he walked off. Okay, so it's pretty easy right here to gloss over the whole 38-year thing, right? Just to read that really fast. 38 years. So I'm 42. So pretty much this is my whole existence. This man has been laying there my whole life. Day after day, he laid by the pool, hoping for change. No change. Day after day, hour after hour, repeat year after year. No change. I mean, this is a recipe for a mental breakdown. Really. How many of us can barely make it through a cough and cold that lasts a few weeks? Right? And we, we get COVID and we're like, why, God, why? You know, I mean, 38 years. This is a real problem. At what point do you give up? Day 20? I mean, he's up to 13,870 days. So day number 5,468 or... or like 11,370 or like, at what point do you just stop believing? Jesus is present to heal when your hope's been deferred. See, you had hope and you had faith, but somewhere around day 2,356, you looked for it and it wasn't there anymore. Your hope was left disappointed, then it walked out on you and then you stood there and you just let it go. Why? Because you're so tired of fighting. You're done with trying. You've settled into your, your new normal. You took on the new life and ever since you've been coping. I know what it's like to face disappointment. A daughter of faith born with a very complex heart defect. And every time we went for an appointment to check on her heart, every time we went expecting the doctor to say she's 100% healed and hold every time. Why? Because if we didn't believe for her, who would? She was a baby. She didn't believe for herself back then. Every time we went, and that's not the news we got. Sometimes we got bad news. Sometimes we got emergency surgery news. I know what it's like to face disappointment. Here's this man struggling every day, disappointed. He has small hope. Everyone else was faster. Everyone was stronger. Maybe they had better friends. I don't know. Jesus sees him and he knows him and he stops for him. Do you want to be well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the, that's not the issue. He's saying that's not, it's just, it's just that I can't compete with this crowd. Jesus, present to heal, after hope had been lost, says, okay, here's the moment you've been waiting for. We're going to watch a video clip of this scene taken from the Chosen series. And then we're going to pray.
שלום. מי? יס. שלום. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir? I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping. Rose getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool... It has nothing for you. It means nothing, and you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me.
I'm free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Why don't we stand? You know, so many things we put our trust in, hoping that things will get better or change. But really, we just need Jesus. It doesn't matter what your situation is, what kind of life you've lived or what you're currently living. Jesus is here. He's always been here. If you would just close your eyes for a moment before we pray for anyone in this room that needs to be healed this morning, I wanna give an opportunity for anyone that could be here that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because that is just kind of like number one. This is like a starting point. We talked about healing being the bread of the children. You're kind of like, I want some of that bread. <laughs> Maybe it's just time for you to enter relationship with him. I'm telling you what, you'll never regret it. There will never be a moment in your life where you're like, man, I just wish I didn't choose Jesus. It won't happen. So if that's you and you're like, I just, I just want to make things right with Jesus first. Why don't you just, um, with every eye closed, why don't you just kind of raise your hand so I'll just know to pray for you. Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that at the moment your name is mentioned that you rush in and you fill every void and every part of us that lacks and you make us whole again. I would just pray for just for a clean sweep in our hearts and our soul that we would have a good place for you to reside. Okay, you can open your eyes. I want you to look at me. We're gonna pray for healing this morning. So if you're here and you need healing in any way, you're, you're gonna respond and I believe you're gonna be healed. There's been a lot of prayer put into this today. You know, I approach sickness intensely. If you don't know me super well, you might not know this about me, but I don't receive sickness when it comes. Like, I mean, I like, I don't deny it. 
Faith isn't denying what's in front of me. It's just not giving room for it. It's not, can't, it's, not, it's not saying that doesn't exist. It's saying I believe in something that exists better, that is more of a reality than what I'm currently experiencing, which is healing. I don't let sickness run its course. It keep from a headache, to, you know, to a, a life-threatening illness. I always just really go after it in the spirit. And Craig can attest to this. I will lay in bed at night, in the middle of the night, if I if I'm fighting something, with my hand on me, and I'll just be praying in the spirit even all night. Or I'll be like, God, just heal me. Just I just I just invite your healing presence. I just no matter what it is, it be anything, and I'll just pray over it continually. Whether I see change or no change, I just won't stop because I just approach sickness intensely because I believe, I just so believe in what the Bible says and what God says in the final say of his word, in the word of the Lord. I'm not any more special than you are in the area of healing. I promise you that. I just believe what God says. I'll accept nothing less. We can all do that. It's not actually that hard. You just do it. I've experienced wild things that I can't explain. I don't need to explain it though. And I believe if we take that approach, if we really just believe, then we will see the things we're believing for. The only way we won't is if we stop believing. So you just believe and 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 believe. There's never an ending point. There's some specifics that I feel like God has highlighted to me today that he wants to heal, but also I really feel like all will be healed. I felt them say to call out a, like injury. Like if, if someone is in the room and you've had an injury and that injury needs healing, then I want you to come and respond right now if you want to be healed. And yeah, just like that, we're going to create a straight line across here. And then people are going to come and pray with you in, in a moment. Yeah, just a nice straight line. Yep. If someone's here and you have an extreme illness or you are you know someone that can't be in the room because of their extreme illness, they actually can't physically be here, and you wanna come kind of stand in for them, you're really feeling that on your heart, like God's moving to that, I want you to come in extreme illness, like, like without God, it's the end, okay? Like extreme illness. Now this is uh, more of an emotional one, the next one. 
but I felt like there's someone here with a, a broken heart. like your heart is just in so many pieces and it's just really by the grace of God his hands are just barely keeping it together is, is what I see God is present to heal God is present to heal Jesus you are present to heal I also felt um, just to, I have a pressure that I'm feeling on my heart. And so if, you, if you're here and you're dealing with, with heart issues, actual physical heart issues, then I feel like he's here to, he's here to heal you. And so if that's you, then I'm gonna ask you to, to come forward. If you're dealing with any heart issues, actual physical heart issues, then I want you to come forward. And then the other thing that, um, that I felt was it somebody here? And you know, maybe this could be online as well. So if you're still watching on the live stream um, and that's you, just throw the little hand emoji up so that our prayer, our people who are on there, they can, they can begin praying for you. But I also felt like there was somebody here, whether here in the room or in the room online, and that you've got an issue with one of your heels. Like you've got pain, you've got pain in your heel and it's almost like a stabbing sharp pain. And you, you know, you, you might be thinking like, it's heel pain. I'm not dealing with, you know, life-threatening illness or injury or, or, or a heart issue or anything like that. What's the big deal? Because it's annoying. And because it matters to you, it matters to God. So if that's you, like, don't, don't discount that and be like, oh, but it's not a big deal. Then come, just come and receive your healing anyway and leave the big deal thing to God. Because whether it's raising the dead or healing, heal, like pain in your heel, it's not any more harder for God. He's God. None of this is difficult. He spoke the world into existence. There was nothing and then he spoke and it was. All right. Now, if you're, what you're dealing with has not been called out, but you have something that is not under the classification of I am 100% healthy and whole, then this is your call. Okay. You don't have to, but I'm telling you, the presence of God is here to heal. He is present to heal. So this is your moment. This is your time. It does not matter what it is. I, just come. It, it, it's, you know, the waters are stirred. The waters are stirred and God is present to heal.